which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, reveal unto me today. Bring all things back to my remembrance that Jesus have spoken unto me. And as I open my mouth, I thank you that you have already filled it in Jesus' name. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you. I thank you that the eyes of my understanding has been enlightened on today. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. For that, God, I give you glory, I give you honor, and I give you praise. And God, I thank you that I represent you well. And you get all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Let's just open our Bibles to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 15. And let's hear what God has to say unto the church. Amen. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 15. Hallelujah. And the word of God reads, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Let me say it again. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I want to talk on letting go of the world. Letting go of the world. How many in this room know that if you've been part of this world from the time that you were in the womb to the time that you have come out of the womb, you have been trained the way of the world. And this is what John is saying. This is a commandment. That John is given to the Christians, to the believers, the ones that believe, the ones that are born again. He's given them a command. He's saying, love not the world. And there's a reason um, why John is saying this. But when we look at love not the world, neither the things of the world, that means that we cannot pattern ourselves after the world and what the world does. We cannot be like the world is. So when you love not the world, you're not looking to the world to get you out of this or get you out of that or do this or that for you. So he's saying love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And the Bible says when we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. So when he gave this command, he said when you put the world before you put God, That's what it means in loving the world. That means that you putting the world over God. And the Bible tells us in James, the fourth chapter, that when we love the world, we are enemies of God. Because we know what the world consists of. It consists of corruption. It consists of sin. And sin covers everything. Corruption, sin, violence, murder. Everything is in the world. The world is so corrupt. So what we have to do as Christians, we have to know who we are now that we're in Christ. And I love John, St. John, the 17th chapter where Jesus was praying for his disciples. He was praying for his followers, the learners of Christ, because he was going to be with the Father. But in St. John 14, he was telling them to let not their heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. And I love how he said the peace I give unto you my peace I leave unto you not as the world giveth unto you and he began to say let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid why was Jesus telling them all of this because he knew that they were in this world but they were not of this world because when Jesus came down in the flesh 
when we know that the word became flesh and dwelled among us, Jesus had to dwell in this world. He had to dwell amongst the ungodly. He had to dwell amongst the world system. He had to um, be right in the midst of the world, but Jesus overcame the world because he knew who he was. He knew who his father was. He knew his benefits. He knew whom he represented. So Jesus began to pray to the father concerning those disciples because he knew that those disciples would go through things when he left the world. And I like what he said. Go with me to John, the 17th chapter. And I'm telling you, when we get into the word of God, the word of life, and we allow the word to get into us, nobody um, should not have to tell us how to live. And I believe this is the problem. When we come into the house of God, we are the church. And we as believers come in here to get taught the word of God. Some people have this mindset because they take scriptures out of content. to say, I don't need nobody to teach me because I have the Holy Spirit and he is my teacher. I agree with that. But God give us a place that we can come, that we can be refreshed, that we can be restored, that, that he can bring to our remembrance who we are now that we're in Christ, that he can bring to our remembrance the benefits that we have. This is why he give you the fivefold to teach you. The things of God. So by us being taught, we can be unified. We can be as one. And that's how we supposed to be in the body of Christ. We have so many people that come into the house of God that are the church but are not unified. And the reason why we're not unified because everybody is doing their own thing. Everybody have their own way of perceiving things and don't have not come to realize who you are now that you're in Christ. That's the most important teaching that you can get after you're born again. When you know who you are and whom you belong to, your life begin to change your world begins to be turned upside down you become like um old mark that i talked about last time mark he was so in tune with where he was from that nobody could change his mind y'all we supposed to be so in tune to who we belong to and where we from that no one or nothing can change our mind this is why john got that commandment through the holy spirit love not the world neither the things that are in the world when you love the world that means that you become an enemy of God that means that the love of God is not in you but Jesus when he prayed for these disciples thank God for prayer for having um, that line you know straight to the father where we can go to the throne of grace but he began to pray for them and if you look at St. John 14 17 14 it says I have given them thy word. Y'all, it takes the word. And we know that Jesus, he is the word. And we know that when the word of God is spoken, that's what quickens us. That's what brings us life. That's what helps us to endure while we're in this world. He said, and the world have hated them. Look at that. They were carrying the word of God. And I want to tell you this. When you're truly in this word and you're doing what the word of God tell you to do, I have found out that doing the word is a lifestyle. That means it's not something that you try to do. You just do it. That's what you live. 
We got too many Christians that's coming to church, that's getting the word of God and not applying the word of God and not living according to the word of God. It's one thing to hear this word, but if you hear it, you got to get understanding and then you begin to live it. You begin to do it and nobody have to ask you if you saved. We got too many people asking people, are you saved? See, sometimes they ask you, are you saved because of the lifestyle that you live? But on the other hand, they ask you, are you saved because you're still living like the world does? So we should be the ones to know that we know without any explanations that I know who I am and I know who I belong to now that I'm in Christ. So this is what he was saying. He said, the world hate them because of the word that I have given them. But Jesus began to tell them in St. John 15, he said that the world hated him. He said, and if the world hated me, you should know that you're going to be hated of the world. See, this is the problem with us Christian folk. We get upset because the world don't like us. Come on, you still love the world. Oh, I'm going somewhere. You get upset because your best friend ain't talking to you no more because you live in holy. Come on, what's up with you? This means that when we let go of the world, we're not holding on to people. We're not holding on to what they think and how they feel about us. You got too many feelings of the world. And that has to change. We spend too much time trying to get it right for the world. Instead of spending the time that we need in the word of God and doing what the word of God tell us to do and knowing that we're going to be hated because we do it. And this is what he's saying. He said, you're going to be hated by the world. And then he goes on to say, because they are not, I want y'all to get it, because they are not of the world. This is the part that we are missing. You are in the world, but you're not of it. That means that you are from another kingdom. And that kingdom is what you're supposed to be representing here on earth. I'm telling you, y'all, I feel my baby leaping. And I can't tell you anything that I'm not doing myself. See, I know why I'm hated. But do you know why you hate it? Because as long as I live, as for me and my house, as Joshua say, we're going to serve the Lord. And as long as we serve in the Lord, we're going to have haters. But God give us a choice whom we should serve. He said, you cannot serve two masters. Either you're going to love the one or hate the other. Either you're going to be devoted to one or you're going to despise the other. I'm going to ask you today, whom are you serving? Because the one that you serve the most is the one that you follow the most. That's what you end up doing. Oh, y'all, it's time to get real. It's time to get real. If we're going to follow Christ, we need to follow Christ. Because when you go in this Bible, when you go into the word of God, the ones that followed Christ, they were beaten. They were ridiculed. They were mocked. They were persecuted. They were hated because of his name's sake. If the world don't hate you, you're one of their own. Thank God for haters because it make me stronger in him. Hallelujah. See, the more haters you have, you know who you belong to. But if they, the Bible says that the world loves their own. Ask your neighbor this morning, say, who you with? Come on, ask them again. Who you with? 
Can I tell y'all something? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give y'all a nugget. I believe I upset the baby. I want to give y'all a nugget. He's trying to say who you with. Um, I'm going to give y'all a nugget right here. As long as you're in this world and you're serving Jesus, you are going to be hated. You are going to be persecuted. So I want to ask you a question. Why are you still trying to get it right with people that don't want to get it right? Why are you still trying to bow down to them when they ain't going to change their mind? See, this is why in Matthew 10, when Jesus was uh, sending his disciples out, the learners of Christ, he told them what to do and what not to do. He even told them that if they were not accepted in this house, what did he tell them to do? Shake the dust, leave that house, allow the peace to come back to you. We are so concerned about how people feel about us that we're still in the house. We have left the house, but we're still in the house because a part of us want to be in the house. Did you not know that when you are truly in Christ, your father and mother ain't going to like you no more? Your sister and brother ain't going to like you no more. Your children ain't going to like you no more. Some people said they ain't like me before I got saved. So I know they ain't gonna, they're going to really hate me now. But see, this is what we can expect now that we are in who? In Christ. So I want to ask you, what are you looking for? Are you looking for the world or are you looking towards the kingdom? See, it's so many people that want people to love them. See, the problem with that is you just rejected. And if you were in your word, you would know that he's already accepted you in the beloved. And because you accepted in the beloved, the world is going to hate you because you don't belong to the world no more. So this is what Jesus began to pray. And then Jesus began to say, even as I'm not of this world, I pray not that thou should take them out of the world. Look what Jesus said. Father, don't take them out of the world. <laughs> he said, don't take them out of the world. Sometimes you'd be like, I can't take it no more. It's better off if I wasn't here. Look at your neighbor and say, God ain't through with you yet. Say, so until God get through with you, you're going to stay right here. And then the thing is, Jesus knew that even though you are in this world, he said, God, don't take them out of the world. God has given you something to sustain you while you're here in the world. Isn't that awesome? Come on. What, what was they uh, singing? Use your keys. Use your authority. It's going to take that to be able to stay amongst the ungodly. To stay amongst them that do not want to follow Christ. You have people that say they save and don't even know about salvation. Don't even know what Jesus done. And they're talking about save but living any kind of way. What's up with that? And it, it is for us to give them the truth. So he said, don't take them out of the world, but thou shalt keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So he kept saying this, and this is what we should get deep down in our heart. I'm not of this world. So the world is not going to like me. The world is going to hate me. The world only loves 
its own. You know, um, in high school, I don't know about y'all, in high school, well, when you get up there in the high school, middle school, you try to fit in, right? You notice that when you were in elementary, you know, you just went with the flow. I don't know about y'all, right? You just talked to everybody. You hit a little bit, but you just went on about your business, right? But when you got up there in that middle school and high school, you start worrying about, I don't have no friends. Nobody don't want to hang around me. You were finding out then that you were different. I'm going to tell you why. This is why when we go back to Exodus, when we go back to when God sent a deliverer to take the children of Israel out of bondage, they were in bondage to the Egyptians. So y'all know the story. They, he, he sent Moses. He had to get Moses prepared to um, bring them out of bondage. But look what happened to Moses. Y'all know they were killing the, the Hebrew children, the male. They had to kill them. But the mother knew there's a plan for my son. So she hid him. And when she couldn't hide him anymore, y'all know she put him on the river and Pharaoh's daughter got Moses. Come on, God, always have a plan for your life. So don't look at like, you know, I don't know where my life is going. I don't know what I'm going to do. God always have a plan for you. He always have a purpose. See, our problem is we look at everybody else and what they're doing and we try to tap into that. But that ain't for you. That's for them. So Moses, he was raised up with the Egyptians. But one thing that I like, the mother kept Moses. And when she kept Moses, she raised him up in the things of God. So even though he was amongst the Egyptians, he still knew who his God was. See, there's a difference, y'all. You are in this world, but you're not of this world. And being that you're in this world, you should know whom you serve. So Moses, he was raised up under covenant. They taught him the word of God. I believe they taught him when he rose up, went throughout the day, when he laid down, he was taught the word of God. And that word is what kept Moses. And y'all know Moses saw um, the um what was it? The Egyptians beating up on the Hebrews and, and, you know, he killed a man. So Moses ended up fleeing, right? So we know that Moses was that deliverer. So look how God raised Moses up to bring them out. Moses had to be before God. I'm going somewhere. And this is the problem with us. Even though Moses was in Egyptian, he in Egypt, he kept his focus on who? On God. So do not tell me that you cannot keep focus on where you belong and who you belong to. I'm going to give you an illustration too. Dealing with marriage. We're going to go there. You know how you date. You're supposed to know each other. And some people know each other too quick. Intimately. And you get attached to that person. Let me tell you something that's wrong with that. This is why. When you come together, it should be in marriage. Because if you come together before you are united, whatever he has, you have. Whatever you have, he has. He come with attitude, you got attitude. You come with attitude, he got attitude. You get to know each other well because you have become one. The first one you sleep with is the one you have already married. So we see that in marriage, God said this is a covenant. This is between male and female. So when you come together as one, even before marriage, you have soul ties. That means when you have soul ties, no matter who you are with, your mind is still on who you were with before because those soul ties have not been broken and you can still feel them as being a part of you even though you with somebody else. Amen? 
You still have thoughts about that person. You still visualize different things concerning that individual. And this is why when you come in together in marriage, you better know who you entangling yourself with. That's why an unbeliever cannot be with a believer because they have different beliefs. That means the unbeliever is, is um, entangled with the um, kingdom of darkness. The believer is the kingdom of what? Of God, the kingdom of light. So those two kingdoms are in conflict. So I don't care how much you say that man love you. If that man ain't on your side, which is on God's side, you're going to have some conflict. You're going to have some trouble. I hear in the spirit people say, even though we saved too, we still having trouble. But one thing you have to get you out of the trouble God is a present help even in the time of trouble even in your marriage because with God you will humbly submit yourself even though that you know that you're wrong you will come this low because you hear the spirit of the living God see an unbeliever ain't gonna hear God they're gonna hear the God of this world and if they're hearing the God of this world it's gonna always be a battle in your home you better know who you connecting with And when you're raised up in a home, we're still talking about letting go of the world. Remember I said that Moses was raised up by his mother, you know, before he went into Egypt. But the mother taught him the covenants of God. She taught him the ways of God. So even though he was amongst them, Moses knew better. Amen? So that's just like us. You can be in a godly home and you getting taught these godly principles, but when you go amongst the ungodly, they're going to try to change your way of doing, your way of thinking. But if you got that child, the way that child need to be, that child is going to come home and tell you, you know, I had a problem in school today. This is what they were saying to me. And that's when you go a little deeper in the word, word of God and say, you bless those who curse you, baby. You love those who hate you. Because I used to be in your situation, but that's not how we handle things. Let me give you an example in my life. My first child, Jeremy, me and my husband, we were not saved. So the way that I brought Jeremy up, it was not, it was, I'll say, um, save a little. And in the world a little, because, you know, I was raised up under my grandfather, and I knew right for wrong, so I tried to give him right for wrong. But if he's seeing me do wrong, why am I giving him right, right? So that's confusing, that child. But we raised him the best that we knew how to raise him. And we raised him with love, regardless. But Jeremy was a little difficult than Ariel was. And when Jeremy was in my womb, I was out there in the world, didn't do horrible things, but sin is sin. Amen? So Jeremy was around things that Jeremy didn't need to be around, even in my womb. So Ariel, when I got pregnant with Ariel, both of us were saved. And I was in church. I was in the word of God. I was going through on my job. But I still knew Jehovah, the self-existing one. And I did what God told me to do with this child, pray wisdom over this child, read um, Proverbs over this child. That's what I did. So when Ariel was born, Ariel was so different from my first child. And the difference was so miraculous that it was like when this child would sleep, I would literally wake her up and say something is wrong. It was just too much calmness, y'all. It wasn't like Jeremy. Jeremy cried from the time he woke up to the time he went to bed. You go in the restaurant, if his eye open, let's go to go, please. This is just how it was. Y'all, I'm just so serious because it was so much going on with us with Jeremy. So when we had Ariel, it was just unreal. It was just like this, wait a minute, is she in the house? 
So getting to this point, Ariel was raised up under the word of God. And when Ariel at age, um, kindergarten age, when Ariel was having problems in school, y'all, and this thing I went through with my child, and I'm still talking about letting go of the world. And I was having so many problems with her because the teacher was trying to say my daughter was slow. But when you raise a child, you know your daughter is not slow. You know what they're capable of because you around them. So I, I just went through with this teacher. I mean, this teacher just, just acted like she hated my daughter without a cause. So this little child in kindergarten would come home, and this is what she'll say to me. They would have centers, and she'd say, Mommy, she said, I'll do good in everything else, Mommy. She said, but the sinners I have problems with. She said, Mommy, if you just pray for me with the sinners, I'll be all right. I'm like, okay. So then she went over to, she called him Dad Grand. she go over to Dad Grand house. Um, grandparents is different, right? she go over there. She told him the same thing. And it hurt them so bad because she knew about prayer. Y'all, I'm going somewhere. She knew about prayer. So we prayed with her. And seemed like the more we prayed with her, the worse it got. It got so bad, I went to a therapist. My therapist was on my couch. And I said, Lord, you're my therapist. I need some therapy today because I feel like I'm going to wring this woman's neck. God, I say, I'm for real. This girl ain't doing nothing to this woman. And this woman is taking her through hell hell here on earth so lord you're gonna have to help me get through this let me tell you how the lord did this thing i even sent flowers to this woman and i said thank you for your help with ariel and if there's anything that i can do at home to make this better with her for sinners just tell me right even took a person with me as a witness after I tried to go to this lady. That didn't work. Y'all, I did everything the word of God said do. The last thing was the principal told me, it ain't the teacher. It's Ariel. I said, okay. And then, y'all, the last scroll was I sat in Ariel's classroom. She ain't only disrespect my daughter. She disrespected me. She gave Ariel all her stuff. Ariel finished before anyone else. She said, mommy, I'm finished. I said, go ahead and take it to the teacher. The teacher said, this is not all your stuff. Go sit down. Woo, thank you, Holy Ghost. So I began to pray. I'm telling you, letting go of the world, you got to be different from the world. So I began to pray right there, and the Holy Spirit said, the little boy that she moved, he took her stuff. So I looked at the teacher. I said, that little boy, could you just check his stuff and see if he took her stuff? She went over there, and he did. Do you think she told my daughter, I'm so sorry, baby, that was my mistake? No, she didn't. So I had to leave my daughter in that class, and I headed to the office, and I told the principal, either you take my daughter out of that classroom or I'm taking her out of this school because what y'all are doing is wrong. So the principal asked me, he said, where do you want her to go? Y'all, God had already shown me before school started where she needed to be. And it was in a building in the back. And when I was growing up, them buildings in the back was for slow kids. And I said, ain't nothing but the devil. My daughter ain't slow. She ain't going back there in them huts. But then the Lord said, no, tell them to put her back there. Did not know where she was going to be sent. Y'all, I'm telling you, prayer will change things. That's how you know you let go of the world. You don't do what the world does. You go into your secret closet. You begin to seek God where he can be found. You begin to call on him because you know that he's your answer and he will show you great and mighty things. So I'm telling you, y'all, God showed me the building over there and I said, put her over there. Did not know where he was putting her was where her success 
was going to begin. And I'm telling you from that point on, the, they even sent a social worker, y'all, to spy on my daughter. So I had to be in there with a social worker and the new teacher. And the social worker said, Miss Bryant, what do you think is going on with your daughter? I said, I think it's fear. I said, no, I know it's fear. Because she's trying to do well for this teacher, and she's watching her all the time, and this is what's causing her to be the way she is. And she said, you are certainly right. And she told the teacher, she said, be with her for a month. Let her get used to you. Y'all, from that point on, my daughter has been on the honor roll, and she's 4.3 right now. And as a senior, what am I telling you? Am I boasting? Am I bragging? No. When you let go of the world and you do it God's way and not doing it your way, you're going to always come out on top. Are you going to have situations that's going to stop you from doing what God is called? Yes, you're going to have some bumps in the road. Yes, you're going to have some things that you got to go through that you don't want to go through. I don't know about you. When I first got saved, I'm like, come on, it got to be more than this. Because it seemed like it was worse than me living in the world. And I'm like, God, I don't understand. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some people say, you're better off being a sinner than a saint. Because you're going through much now that you're saved. Yes, you are. Because the world is going to hate you. Because you don't belong to the world no more. And that's why Jesus told the Father. He said, you keep them from this evil. How is the Father going to keep us from the evil? Through his word. Through trusting him. Through depending on him. Through knowing that you're not by yourself. Because he said he will never ever leave you. Nor shall he forsake you. That he would even be with you to the end. So if you're having a problem. Of letting go of the things of the world. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you have. You don't know your benefits. See the part of that is rejection. You want to be seen. You want to be heard. You want to be attached to. I believe all of us have this habit, the way of the world. If someone is talking about something somebody accomplished, we have to throw in a little bit too. Come on, don't get quiet on me. If somebody is talking about something they accomplished, why can't we just give them that? Why do we have to throw in something to let you know I'm there too? That's a little bit of rejection there. And that's why you have the Holy Spirit to show you some things that are in the world, but you're not of the world. You're not of those things. Come on, that's why you have to be in the word of God to know the difference. I don't know about y'all, but me and my husband, I tell you, sometimes, 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 just call on Jesus. Because when you're married, you know that you know that you know that you know him. Because at times you'd be like, hush, don't want to hear it. Don't hurt it. Mm, Jesus. Any old way, y'all know what I mean. Greg laughing. Darlene trying to laugh a little too, but she know what I mean. Any old who, when, you, you know how you do. If you tell your husband something, or he may tell me something, vice versa, I ain't putting it all on him. If you tell your husband something, can you um close that right there for me? You know, close the shower curtain. How about sometime they might come up with something that you need to close? Is that not true, y'all? Yep. I'm 
just saying, close the shower. If you had a problem with me still shutting them doors, them drawers in that bathroom, you should have just told me when I was leaving them open. Don't bring it up because I'm saying. <laughs> We're supposed to be different, right? But we go through some little bumps in the road and you have to stop and say, wait a minute, honey, wait a minute, wait a minute, honey. Now you, you're trying to ruffle my feathers. Now, I said this all cool, calm, and collected. This sh- well, you need that, 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 okay. So we know that there's an issue there that needs to be taken care of. It could be vice versa. He could tell me something. I'm like, uh-huh, well, why didn't you do so-and-so? I ain't telling you that because you told me that. I'm telling you because it's true. That's not godly, is it? That's not the way that we should approach things. That's not the way that we should do things. But why do we do that? Because we got a little bit of the world that need to be dealt with. They got left behind. We got a little bit of residue. Let me tell you people something. Everybody in here is holy in your spirit. But holiness got to come out of you. And we still have to work on it. But I have to say this. It don't take you no 20 years. So that tells me who you with and where you been. Y'all, I'm telling you this. And I have to use this for an example because the Holy Spirit, I, I use us because I ain't ashamed of my game. I am who I am. I ain't going to sit here and try to act like, you know, I done dotted every I and crossed every T because I'm still dotting some and crossing some. Amen. But I'm going to tell you this. My husband, we had to make a trip to Raleigh. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't normally do all the driving. Y'all know that, right? Y'all see me up under the wheel. You probably want to pull over. But I don't do all the driving. He does. And, you know, I got used to that with him driving. So we had to go to Raleigh. And on the way back, I had to follow him back. And the thing was, the night before, I was saying, Lord, who can I get to go with this man so I don't have to go? Because the only thing I could see is Raleigh traffic. Y'all feel me? So I'm sitting up there, but then I heard the Holy Spirit tell me it was all right. I said, okay, I'll go. Even called my daddy. Asked him. He said, no, I don't believe. I said, dad. But but I knew. I knew. Because if me and daddy was riding together, I wouldn't be driving anyway. But anyway, we got up there, y'all. My husband told me this. My husband said, check this. I'm going somewhere with letting go of the world. My husband said, keep up with me now, man. I said, okay. Y'all, he know how to drive in all that traffic. I don't. Because I have never driven in all of that traffic, darling, to keep up with this man. But he's telling me, keep up with me. So, of course, I'm going to try, right? I'm going to give it my all. Y'all, I got in the traffic, and sometimes they have something over here where you can pull over when you can't keep up. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Wasn't nothing there. So the only thing I could do is really trust Jesus and Put the pedal to the metal and get, I ain't look here, I ain't look there, I just got in the lane. Thank you, Jesus. I was in my lane. So then I saw him slowing down, waiting on me, y'all. He was slowing down, waiting on me and everything. I said, he's so nice, look at him. So then he dodging in and out of these lanes, and I'm trying to keep up with him. And he calling me, man, you got, I threw the phone in the seat. I ain't got time to talk to you, Jesus. I just, I just left the phone in the seat. So I'm, I'm driving and then I'm keeping up with him and I go this way and I said, wait a minute. We should have stayed right where we were. 
I was fussing. I said, why he go all over there? He should have stayed right here in the first place. So then he said, where I looked, I said, I didn't look at that. I should have stayed where I was. Y'all, I was so glad to see I 40. <laughs> when I saw 40 East, Julia, woo! And then, y'all, look, looked at the gas needle. It said 22 miles for gas. My husband said, you need to get off of gas. Uh-uh, we're going to roll. <laughs> I ain't getting off right now. He said, but you got to let me know so if you, so you won't give out the gas. I said, just leave me alone. So finally, when I saw 40 and I got down the road, I said, I believe we can get off in Smithfield. I looked at the traffic. Nope. Then all of a sudden, I saw an 18-wheeler, y'all. You know how I tried to get over there on that side? He on the phone with me. I'm like, what was my words? <laughs> he said, what's wrong? What's wrong? I can't talk to you. I'm going somewhere. Where am I going? I'm not in the place that he's in. So I can't keep up with him, Julia. He's asking me something that I can't do right now. What am I saying to you? I may be in a place that you're not in right now. I shouldn't expect you to get where I am. Because it took time for me to get where I am. But it's my job to give you the word of God so you can get into that word so you can get to that place. This is what I'm saying. It's too many people trying to do like full grown Christians and you ain't making it and you're getting mad because you couldn't pass the test. Do you know how many tests I failed? Before I got a passing grade, do you know how many obstacles and stuff I went through before I could go through it? See, y'all see the glory, but you don't know my story. You don't know where I've been, but you should know by what, how you've been taught. I shouldn't be teaching you something that I'm not doing myself. See, the thing is, the spirit part of you, that's what got saved. That's what got reborn, Ariel. That's the part of you that's new. That's the part of you that God inhabits. Why? Because it's perfected. There's no flaws. Everything you need is in your spirit. But where everything else happens is dealing with your soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. That didn't get saved. This is why God let us know. See, God done done all he's going to do. He's living on the inside of us. He cleaned us up so he could live on the inside of our spirit. See, that's why such a fight between flesh and spirit, because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And this is why the Bible said, be not conformed. Come on, y'all. We hear this scripture all the time, but we still going after the patterns of the world and what the world is doing. The Bible said, be not conformed to this world. Why? Because you're in it, but you're not of it no more. So you don't do what they do just because the world is doing this. You don't do what the world is doing. You do the opposite. You do kingdom. So that's why be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind. 
you will be able to prove. Then you will be able to know what the good and acceptable will of God is for your life. Y'all, it's just like a little ugly caterpillar. Y'all know how we see them crawling? They look so ugly. Come on, they look ugly, but it's God's creation. But you're like, oh, don't come over here. I'm going to kill you. That's how it is. People don't want you to come over there. They want to kill you. Let's just be honest. But that caterpillar is moving on, moving on, going on about his business. Because that caterpillar say, one day, Miss Mary, I'm going to be transformed. I'm going to be changed in something beautiful that the world is going to see. There's going to be a difference. So that's how it is with the renewing of your mind. It takes time, y'all. But you know what I found out, Michelle? Some people don't have time no more. Some people don't have time for this change because they're so wrapped up in what everybody else is doing and how they're doing it. They're so scared they're going to miss Facebook. I don't have time to go in the Word because I have to see what's happening on Facebook. The enemy, that's the world. Facebook is the world. You may be on Facebook, but you're not of Facebook. Understand that. You may get up there, but you don't supposed to be like Facebook is being. You're seeing too many faces. The enemy has put that out there. Every time you see Facebook, somebody's clicking a face for somebody to say, look at me. We spend too much time with worldly stuff when we should be on Facebook with no face telling them about the goodness of Jesus, telling them about what Jesus done to get them to come into where you are and not pull you into where they are. And this is the thing. Do y'all know change is coming? Say, folk, minds are getting walked through Facebook. Because the more you get up there, the more you end up changing. The more you end up being like them. The more you end up talking about what they're talking about. The more you end up living just the way they're living. Because that's where you spend most of your time. But if you're going up there with the word from the Lord. This is helping them to see it's more than just this. This is helping even the Christians that's up there. Because it's a lot of Christian folk. Come on, it's a lot of Christian folks on Facebook. Why am I always talking about Facebook? Because this is where the enemy is getting all the people. On social media. Every time you turn around, snap, jack, cap, jack, whatever you call jack. Everything is coming out with social media. Why? Because the enemy want to take you from the word of God. He want to use everything he can to take you out of the word. And it ain't only Facebook. It's things that we love to do outside of the word. But the word should come first. We have people getting out of bed, taking care of all their business, and don't even say nothing to God. Good morning, nothing. Thank you for waking me up. Nothing. Just go on about their day. But then when you get in trouble, you're ready to let go of that for a little bit you're going to go back to the same pattern how do I know because you ain't in it see it's easy to go to him when you're in pain when somebody hurt you so bad Rico and they only want to see your face and they're talking about you now you're ready to shut the door 
Now you're ready to dig in deep. Oh, I want to be saved now. I want to be a Christian now. I want to love Jesus now. Now you want to do it because you don't have nobody around you. You feel like you alone. How long did that last? See, you got to understand, you ain't crucified your flesh long enough for it to last. It may last a day or even five minutes because you sleep. That tells you where you are. That tells you that you have not let go of the world. Y'all, you can't lose focus. You have to know who you are now that you're in Christ. And you have to remind yourself every day, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Why do I say it every day? Because I need some reminding. I don't know about you. Because I don't know who I'm going to run up against today. But I know I got to have on my whole armor of God. Why? So I can let go of those things that's trying to pull me from who I am. You're supposed to keep your arm on. Matter of fact, you're supposed to sleep in it. You don't even take it off. That means even in my sleep, the devil is trying to come in. So I got to be fully armored. Y'all, this is serious business. Why is God bringing us into this house? Because God said it's too much of the world in the house. And it's time to let it go. It's time to let it go by a transformation, by getting into the word of God, dealing with those areas that you're weak in, crucifying that flesh, fasting, praying. You have to do it. You can't do it one day. You got to press through. Everybody know what pops up and pops out. You know yourself better than anybody else. You know what you be thinking that you shouldn't be thinking. Those are the things that you have to deal with. They become strongholds. They become fortresses. And they keep you bound. They keep you in bondage. And seem like every which way you try to get out, you just stuck there. But the word of God will quicken you. The word of God will be like a hammer breaking the rocks into pieces. It would be like a fire devouring everything around you. And the way you were last week, you know, this week is not the same. Why? Because you pressed through. You picked up the word every chance you got. You went into the teachings and what's hearing because faith come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. No matter if you heard it before, I want to hear it again because I haven't arrived yet. Ain't nobody in this room arrived yet. How do I know? Because I still go through things. I'm still calling on Jesus. I'm trying to tell y'all. This is why I know as long as I'm in this world, I'm going to go through until it's time for me to be raptured out of this world. You know what the problem is? Nobody want to die, darling. Seriously. You don't want to die to self and you surely don't want to have a physical death because you feel like you ain't lived yet. Let's just be honest. They tell you you're going to die. You die of fright. They tell you you got three months. Just bury me now. Because you feel like you ain't lived. You feel like you ain't made the money. You feel like you ain't held on to who you need to hold on to. You just feel like, Apostle, I ain't got the man of my dreams yet. Or the woman of my dreams. You don't want to let go of the world. Let's just be honest. Come on. If Bobby done come in here today, we'll say, don't come get me. 
Take them. I want to live. That means we don't know him. Y'all, we don't know him because Carla Faye Baker, is that her name? Tucker. This woman was on death row. Didn't know when the day was coming. But this woman was a purity murderer. But when she got into the word of life and allowed the word of life to get into her, it didn't matter no more about living. She said, I'm ready to see the king. And the day of her execution, she jumped on the table with joy. Who does that? Except the ones that know where they're from and they're ready to go back. See, God had to give her a glimpse of his glory. And she kept focused on that. But guess what actually took her eyes off of that for a moment? A man. Won't the devil do it? The man was given a hope. Saying, you're going to come out of here. She was, you know, going that way a little bit. But when she found out, she made up her mind. Because every time she would go into that word, she said, I got a better place. And that place in here, y'all, let's just be honest. We ain't ready to leave this world. We ain't ready to be taken out because we feel like we ain't done everything. We feel like we ain't got everything. Remember, he said, love not the world nor the things of the world. That means you don't hold on to material possessions. We got so many Christians holding on to material things. We got so many Christians that's jealous because somebody got this or somebody got that. Now I got to go get it. Is it time for you to get it? You don't know what they went through to get what they got. He said the only thing is in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That means that we covet things. We see it and we got to have it. Do you know that's why they put all these commercials up? That's why when you go into a store, I'm not lying, y'all know what I mean. Everywhere you go, they got something showing you. And your flesh rising up. Hmm, what can I do with that? That's kind of new. And got all the mugs you need. Now you want that mug. That's what the world. Come on, let's just be honest. Put the food up there and you know you're hungry, Michelle. Hungry. Put the food up there and every time you go a little up to the register. Mm, let me get some of them jelly beans. Didn't think about a jelly bean, nothing before you hit the store. Your eyes covered that thing, had a desire. Your flesh was rising up. Then it says the, what, um, the lust of the flesh, the flesh, lust, adultery, debauchery, orgies, all kind of parties and all of this stuff, that flesh begin to rise up. I'm going to tell you how you know if you ain't got that out your system yet. Watch LMN. And as you're watching LMN and their marriage look like it's solid in the Magnus. All of a sudden, you telling your husband, why you ain't doing that for me? You always don't do that for me. You just ain't affectionate no more. Before, you ain't mad if he slept in another room. All of a sudden, LMN, now you want him to be that man. And they ain't even married. What's up, Manny? What's up with that? Now your wife, Betty Crocker, ain't never been Betty Crocker. You come home and you scared deep. What will television do for you, y'all? 
You watch it long enough, you becoming something that you're not. You doing stuff that you never thought you'd do. Well, I think I'll try that thing. Y'all know the things they put on TV for you to exercise with, and you see yourself slimming down, get that little board in the house, and get on. I ain't thinking about this mess. Done wasted your money. Done wasted your husband's money. Now you're fussing at him. I ain't saying nothing when you went and got that, 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 that. Devil done brought confusion in your house. You see how we hold on to the world? You see how we were satisfied with what we had until we got a partner walking beside us and all of a sudden, where you get that from? That looked kind of nice. I believe I'm going to go get me one. What you say? And that was your light bill money. No, 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 it wasn't. That was your tithes. <laughs> you gave to the world. Instead of giving to God, we ain't going to go on that one. We ain't going to go on that one because evidently y'all think, yeah, God on a, what, cattle's on a thousand hills? Is that what he say? But you got to understand to live down here in this world, you got to have means. And how do you get those means? God's supposed to touch every heart in this room. Who? Men shall give unto who? Until you're running over. Shaking together. And what measure? I'm going to ask you a question. What measure you give? It's going to come. You giving pennies? You getting pennies. So you want to go beyond pennies. So what am I saying? Letting go of this world. Meaning that you have to get into the word of God. Allow the word to get in you so you can be transformed. So you can be changed. So people will know where you are from. You are in this world but not of this world. Don't tell me something if you ain't been here. Don't try to give me a lecture and you don't know what the words say. We're going to have our differences and that's what leads to divorce. You didn't know? I shouldn't have married that rascal. My mama told me not to marry you. Hoppo. You won't beat me no more. Yeah, I'm saved. Saved yesterday, saved today, and I'm going to beat your tail again tomorrow. Letting go of this world and I'm going to leave with you this nugget Daniel went into Babylon him and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego all of them went into Babylon but let me tell you how you really let go of the world go with me Daniel too and I'm going to close isn't God good doesn't he have a way of helping us and showing us what we need to do y'all the thing is we just need to do it right you got to do it Can't be saying it. We got to do it. We got to put some action behind it. Action. And Daniel, the second chapter, y'all know Daniel was in Babylon. And and this is what was happening to Daniel when he was in Babylon. Know the first chapter. When Daniel went to Babylon and they were getting them fit to go before the king. They were giving them the king's portions, meat from his table. They were giving them wine. But the Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he was not going to defile himself. 
Remember, Daniel was up under the king's orders, right? So Daniel had the purpose in his heart what he was not going to do. That means his heart was set. His heart was set on what he believed, and he was not going to pollute himself with what was on that king's table, right? So Daniel purposed in his heart. By Daniel purposing in his heart, he got favor. Where am I going? Y'all, it's a heart thing. When you make up your mind and you say what you're not going to do, then you won't do it. Nobody will be able to change you. I'm telling you, I'm a witness. You know what my husband would tell me? You got, you, you walker. You don't even want to change your mind. I ain't. Because I'm from a kingdom that don't change their mind. When I know what God said, I ain't moving off of what God said. If you want to be mad, be mad. Don't make me no never mind because guess what? I'm going to love you anyway. That's with anybody. And when you purpose in your heart what God is telling you, you don't look to the right, you don't look to the left, but you look straight ahead to the author and finisher of your faith. He purposed this in his heart and he said, just allow us for 10 days to eat just vegetables. He allowed that. He gave them favor. Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they look more fatter and more better than the ones that ate from the king's table. Why? Because God manifests himself. He showed up and he showed out. What am I saying to you? When you truly let go of the world and you truly purpose in your heart that you're going to serve God no matter what, things are going to be manifesting in your life. You're going to look better than the people look around you and don't even have literally in the bank what they have. You look like a millionaire and the money ain't in the bank. People want what you got. So you got the purpose in your heart. Who you with? Who you belong to? Y'all, it's time for us to do some transforming in here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. Oh, I want to go back to John 17. Thank you, Holy Spirit. John 17. Listen at this, what Jesus was saying. I want to get the right verse. Thank you, God. Okay, look at verse 11 in John 17, 11. And now I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. Do you know we as Christians supposed to come together the way Jesus and his Father came together? We're supposed to be one. We're supposed to be united. How can we be united and how can we be one just as they're one? First of all, you know, we have to be born again. But the next thing is everybody renewing their mind, thinking the same thing. You're going to do the same thing and you ain't going to have all this confusion in the body of Christ. That's how I know that people are still holding on to the world because the church is acting more toe up than the world is acting. The world do come together and try to get things the way they need to be for the world. Didn't y'all know this? Y'all, I'm telling you right now, you better trust God right now. You better know who you are now that you're in Christ because you can't trust no man. Can't trust no man. Look at the election. Can't trust no man. You shouldn't have had your mind on neither one of them. Your mind should have been on Jesus because neither one of them can save you. Neither one of them can save themselves. It was so tore up from the flow up, it brought confusion. 
But it's not too late if you do what the word of God tells you to do. Pray. That's what we should have been doing all along. And let me tell you what the Holy Spirit is telling me. Keep your mouth closed, building up stuff that you don't know nothing about. Quit saying something that the word didn't say because you're giving it to the enemy. Quit saying, oh, we ain't going to make it now. Oh, it's going to be a hot mess. For you it is, but for me it ain't. Because I serve the same God. And the Bible says he changed not. So I don't care what they do. I'm going to do what the word of God tell me to do. That's what they did in the word of God. No matter what king came through, God was still unchangeable. God still did what he said. And you know why them people went into Babylon? Because they didn't want to be obedient. So where are you going to go? You better get in here. As my grandmother said, get in the book, the good book. Get into the book of life because you're going to need it. We're all going to need it, y'all. And I'm not saying get in it out of fear, but you should already be in it before something happens. So when something happens, you know what you should be doing. He's telling us to seek ye first the kingdom and his way of doing things. And all of these things shall be added unto us. So let me tell you something. Don't get into conversation with people about this election because I want to ask you something. How is Trump going to benefit you? I don't care who in the seat. How are they going to benefit you? Are they going to pay your bills? Are they going to give you money when you broke? Can you call the White House and say, hey, man, little long light bill, can you throw me a few? You can't even get through. But I know a man that you can call on any time of the day. And that's what we supposed to have been doing, calling on Jesus. Because he is the present help in the time of trouble. Didn't the Bible tell you put no trust in no man? I only care how saved they are. You better trust in the living God and say, God, let me tell you something. How can you trust somebody that's never in here? And they try, everybody can talk a good talk. Satan talked a good talk, but Jesus knew it wasn't God. <laughs> he was tempted, but Jesus didn't fall for the temptation. Some of us, if somebody say, I'm going to give you a ticket, and that ticket's going to be a winner, me, where is that? I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and church ain't going to see you no more. <laughs> it's the truth, because it's where your heart is. One minute you say one thing, the next minute you say another thing. It's just like a windshield wiper. You're double-minded because you ain't been in here long enough to be stable. One high gets you high for just that moment. Then you're trying to find that other high. Right? Come on, give God glory. Letting go of the world. Amen. We thank God for this teaching. Lord knows I thank him for this teaching because sometimes we don't know what we can hold on to when we shouldn't be holding on to it. Amen. So I honor God for this teaching. I pray that y'all pull it back up. I pray that y'all took you some notes. I pray that the Holy Spirit reminded you of what has been said and you meditate on that thing and you live like where you from, the kingdom of God. Amen. Can we have announcements? Then after the announcements, we will um, do our tithes and offerings. And today we do have um, communion. So those who would like to stay for communion, please feel free to do so. Amen. And, uh,